In this Thanksgiving week, I should be very thankful that the passing of time and the fading of memories allow me to be remembered in 1980 as a far better quarterback than I was in 1958. <laughs> it is with a very real sense of thanksgiving that I acknowledge the privilege that has come to me to be a part of this great university. I feel very deeply that all of us associated with this university, whether as students, as faculty, as staff, or administrators, are in fact blessed with a great privilege and also a great sense of responsibility through this marvelous association we have with this institution. May I share with you a very special privilege I enjoyed late Saturday afternoon. Far more impressive than anything I observed in a very impressive football game was a scene that I witnessed in a happy post-game locker room. Now, I've enjoyed the sense of victory and championship in many locker rooms before, and while this was typical in many respects, it became quite different as these champions knelt in prayer, led by their coach, Lavelle Edwards. Now, the act of praying after a game is not so unique. Many teams do this. But the uniqueness manifested itself in the spirit that was felt and in the humble words which were uttered by Coach Edwards. We are thankful, Father, he said, for the love the admiration and the respect that we have for each other and for the association we enjoy and for the dedication and the efforts of the coaches and players. We are thankful that there were no serious injuries to either team and that we performed to the level of our capability and preparation. We thank Thee, Father, for the privilege of representing Thee and our great university. May we always remember who we are and whom we represent, that our lives and our performance will be consistent with Thy will. And then he added almost as an afterthought, and by the way, we're thankful for the championship. As I contemplate this Thanksgiving week, <clears throat> I add this particular experience to a long list of those things for which I am very thankful. And speaking of Thanksgiving, I am reminded, as we all should be, that Thanksgiving Day as such began with that little band of pilgrims who, in 1621, expressed their thanks to God in a great harvest feast. History tells us that of the 102 immigrants who landed on the bleak, rocky coast of Cape Cod, nearly half died before their first winter was over. In December, six died. In January, eight more passed away. In February 17 and March 13, a total of 44 in four months. Today, in our comfortable home, surrounded with plenty, it is well for us to pause and remember with deep appreciation the sufferings of those good people. One account tells us that most of these brave people were not used to hardships. Among them were delicately nurtured and elite men and women, who during their first year built more caskets for the dead than homes for the living. 
Notwithstanding all their trials and hardships, these brave founders of a great and glorious nation had so much to be thankful for that they had to appoint an especial day on which to give thanks. Thanks to God for all His mercies and blessings to them. Thanks to God for things that count. Now, there are obviously many things in our lives which count, things for which we should express a special thanks. But I would like to focus on just three things that count. Thanks for our friends, thanks for our freedoms, and thanks for our families. I was blessed with a marvelous friend through the years of my youth. His example saved me in many very precarious moments. Just ten years ago, an untimely and tragic airplane accident snuffed out this dynamic and productive life. A short time ago, I was thrilled by the visit of his handsome young return missionary son who had traveled many miles to ask me to write a chapter to be included in the biography of his father. What a joy that task was to tell his family, among other things, that my greatest wish for them was that they find friends possessing the qualities of their father and that they strive to be the kind of friend to those with whom they associate that their father was to me. What is a friend? A friend is a source of celebration when you feel there is nothing to celebrate. A friend is simply one who answers when you call and often answers before you call. A friend is one who makes your grief less painful and your adversity more bearable. A friend is one who makes your disappointments less hurtful and your problems more solvable. A true friend is an earthly treasure whom God lends you to help prepare your eyes, your heart, your mind, and your soul for the glories that He has prepared for you. A friend is one with whom you are comfortable, to whom you are loyal, through whom you are blessed, and for whom you are grateful. A friend is one who warms you by His presence, trusts you with His secrets, and remembers you in his prayers. Thanks for our friends. We enjoy many freedoms in this life, but one for which all of us here today should be especially grateful is our freedom to learn. How effectively are we using this great freedom, this great privilege? A prominent educator and businessman in this state wrote a letter to his mother when he was a university student back in 1922. He said, I often wonder how I will reach the heights of which I dream, but I always reach the same conclusion. That is, the extent of my ultimate success will depend on my success in each one of my classes every day and on how I appreciate my religion and on how I study every night. In other words, Mother, my success in the future will depend in proportion to my success in the present.
Richard Ballantyne, the founder of our Sunday School, in a letter dated January 21, 1871, wrote the following to his son and daughter who were away from home attending a university. In conclusion, let me express the hope that in the midst of your intellectual pursuits, you will both remember to cultivate towards God, our Heavenly Father, that true piety of habit and deportment that should preeminently distinguish the children of Zion and which will give to your characters a grace, a beauty, which mere literary culture can never impart. How well we learn counts so very much. At a given instant, everything that a surgeon knows suddenly becomes important to the solution of the problem at hand. You can't do it an hour later or tomorrow, nor can you go to the library to look it up. In other words, shallow education is not enough. School isn't a time simply for acquiring credits or surviving certain subjects, but is a time for acquiring knowledge and character and competence that can be counted on and called upon when needed. In many ways, we put our lives, our health, our solvency, our safety, our very survival in the hands of other people, and we have to be assured that they have the required knowledge, the required character, and the required competence. This is one reason why cheating is so totally hazardous and why shallow, shoddy learning, the spirit of just getting by, is so altogether unacceptable. Thanks for our freedoms, and most especially in our day, for our freedom to learn. <clears throat> the scriptures tell us of the importance of our families. The Savior said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do, and for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these. And again, I speak that which I have seen with my Father, and we might also appropriately add Mother, and ye do that which ye have seen with your Father, and your mother. I was blessed with exemplary parents who both showed and led the way. My journal entry on May 11, 1980, Mother's Day, records my impressions of just a few simple little lessons for life taught by how my mother lived. Selflessness is a mark of greatness. Complainers gain little sympathy. Creative hobbies enrich the life of the creator and the observer. Others' feelings deserve genuine concern. Time wasted is time lost. Doing things for and with your family will never be a sacrifice. Interest in people brings life's richest rewards. 
And then on June 15th, Father's Day, I recorded similar entries regarding my father. Superior performance will eventually be noted and appropriately rewarded. Anticipation of the next task greatly increases effectiveness. Effective fathers are available, approachable, and affectionate. Busy lives must make time for family and fun. Love for the gospel is essential to the good life, and a mission brings strength and eternal joy. A very lovely woman came upon a little boy hungry and shivering in the cold. Her motherly instincts prompted her to take the child in to warm him and feed him. After the shivers had stopped and the boy was fed, he looked up appreciatively and lovingly into the woman's face and said, Are you Heavenly Father's wife? The question penetrated her very soul and rendered her near speechless. And then, in a moment of inspiration, the thought came and she answered, No, I'm not his wife, but I am his daughter. I am blessed with a wife who is a true daughter of God, who learned well both in her heavenly home and in her earthly home the lessons for life which now grace our home and our family. The joys we share with each of our children are not matched by anything in life. And as was mentioned, we just recently added the sixth child to our family. I attended my wife in the delivery room as a loving witness to the miracle of this great partnership with God. I thank the Lord this day and every day for my family. We have all heard the oft-quoted truth expressed by Harold B. Lee. The most important part of the Lord's work <clears throat> that we will do is the work that we do within the walls of our own home. I would follow that truth with another. The two most important decisions you will make in this life are the kind of person you choose for a mate and the kind of person you choose to be as a mate. Both of these decisions, and they are of equal importance, will determine the quality of that which you do within the walls of your own homes. This reminds me of the young groom of two months feeling rather sure of himself and saying to his bride, We've now lived together for two months, and I've noticed a few of your defects. Do you mind if I discuss them with you? To which she sweetly responded, I'd be happy to have you do that. It was those defects which prevented me from getting a better husband. <laughs> a very sharp, two-edged sword. Of all that really counts in this life, our Father in Heaven's love and watchful care for us counts most of all. I am thankful indeed for my knowledge of Him and pray that we will take a renewed look at the importance of our friends, our freedoms, and our families. Thanks for our friends, 
for friends our fortunes. Thanks for our freedoms, for freedoms cast the future. And thanks for our families, for families are forever. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.